0: Church, you may be seated. How are you doing today? Holland Chapel? Everybody, everybody awake? Man, i got to confess, uh, this was one of those mornings where, I don't know, have you, ever, have you ever plugged in your phone at night so that it would get recharged and it would be ready to sound your alarm when you need to wake up and something happened and it didn't take place? Anybody done that? That was me this morning. I woke up to my wife. hey. You got to get up. It's, it's Sunday morning. <laughs> and it just throws your day all off. But we're here. I'm here. I'm ready. Are you ready for the Word of God, church? Before we get going in our God's design series, I think we need to talk about this just for a moment. God's design is that Jesus would come back again. You believe that? He's going to come back again. If you've turned on the news, uh, you may be puzzled at what's going on in the world. And I just want to say with clarity right now, I am not a prophecy expert. I did not major in it. I don't spend my time really studying it. All I know is that Jesus is going to come back. You need to trust in Jesus so that when he does come back, you get to go with him. I don't know that what's happening in Israel right now is Bible prophecy. It very well could be, and it it could not be. All that I know is that with each passing day, prophecy is being fulfilled because we're one day closer to His return. So what I want you to do, church, in your time this week, if what's happening over there has caused you concern, caused you panic, maybe have even caused you to question whether or not you're right with Jesus, I want you to go to Luke 21 and I want you to read that particular chapter in Scripture. What's happening in Luke 21 is that the disciples are asking Jesus questions. What's it going to look like, Christ, when you come back again? What's it going to look like when this world as we know it comes to an end? What's that going to be like, Jesus? And Jesus starts to explain all the events that are going to take place before his coming. And if you read the list in Luke 21, they're frightening. They're scary. Many of you could could say, and I wouldn't really disagree, that much that we're experiencing today is perhaps what Jesus is talking about in Luke 21. But as he's telling his disciples what this situation is going to be like, he says the phrase, but don't panic. Jesus says it. "Don't, Don't panic. And then he goes on to tell of, the prophecy of how how it's gonna really come to an end. And, and as he shares all these events of the end times, he gets to verse 28, and here's what he says. He says, So when all of these things begin to happen, stand and look up. Oh, you ready, church? For your salvation is near. So church, whenever our hearts are troubled, whenever we turn on the news and we see unrest and we begin to wonder what is happening, hear the words of Jesus. Don't panic. Stand, look up, for your salvation is near. So what do we do with this? What what do we do with information like this? Make sure you're right with Jesus. What do we do in situations like this? What do we do with uncertainty? Make sure you're living your life with the end in mind. Make sure you have a sense of urgency about your walk with Christ. Make sure you're telling your neighbor about Jesus. Make sure you're telling your children about Jesus. Make sure that you're sharing the gospel with everyone you come into contact with because the day of salvation is near, church. It's near. But what do we do with the unrest in Israel right now? I don't know if you've If you've turned on the news, it is really heartbreaking. And here's what the Bible tells us in Psalm 122, verse 5. It says, pray for peace in Jerusalem. May all who love this city prosper. O Jerusalem, may there be peace within your walls and prosperity in your palaces. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say, may you have peace. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek what is best for you, O Jerusalem so let's pray this morning God we love you and we trust you as we read your word as we see the words of Jesus we're told not to panic that ultimately by your design Jesus will come back again there's nothing that we can do to change this there's nothing we can do to change the events of the world but we know you're coming back and God we can't wait for that day so we pray for those that don't know you that they would turn to you in what I believe are the last days God, we pray for Israel. We pray for the people that are being persecuted right now. We pray for the loss of life, and we pray for those to be spared so that they can turn to you in salvation. God, help us. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. God's design. Last week was a big week. We talked about uh, parenting. And we uh, all that have kids, we, we shouted out in unison that we really don't have a clue what we're doing, that we're just praying that God would be merciful each and every day when we wake up, we try to get them ready for school and that nobody goes crazy in the meantime, right? Like that's just what we, we resided as parents and we're trusting God with our parenting. And so last week, I prayed that as we looked at the word of God and we got some really helpful steps of what it is to raise kids that are that are. Uh, gospel-minded, and I pray that that just infiltrates your home and helps your parenting uh, with a purpose. But this morning, we're going to look at uh, this mindset of dysfunction, that God's design is not dysfunction. God's design for your life is not dysfunction. What What do I mean by that? Probably, if you have uh, listened or attended for, for each week, man, we, we talked about the ultimate design for humanity is that we would reflect God's glory, and uh, some of you may have left here going, well, my life doesn't. And, and then we talked about, uh, you know, God's design for men, and we, we painted this biblical picture of manhood, and maybe some guys left this room that day going, I'm, I'm not that way at all. And, and then we talked about women, and some of you women may have left this room going, I'm I'm not there. I'm just not there. And then we talked about marriage, and then you're like, well, my marriage looks nothing like what Scripture has for me. I've, I've been married and divorced and remarried. Like, like, my life does not match up with what Scripture's saying. And, and then last week, maybe, maybe you're a blended family. Maybe you've got uh, wayward kids or whatever, and you're like, my parenting doesn't look this way at all. And, and you begin to think, like, is my life lining up with God's design? Well, church, I want to encourage you. There is not a perfect person in this room. There is not a perfect scenario in this room. There is not an example of perfection in this room. Perfection was held in Christ and Christ alone. We're all dysfunctional. Oh, I thought y'all would just be like, yes, on that one. We're all dysfunctional people because sin entered the world. And threw off God's design, so we all have our little bubbles of chaos, we all have our dysfunctional moments, we all have our jacked up families, we all have some some trouble in our marriage. We all struggle with raising kids like we're all caught in sin, so dysfunction is the norm, but it doesn't have to be. so what is? What is a christian supposed to do when we when we ask or we pose these questions are we, we our life is evident of chaos you may be thinking well luke you know my my marriage ended and my life's dysfunctional now or you may be thinking I, luke i struggle with addiction and my life's been nothing but chaos look luke I, i'm a i'm a I'm a product of child abuse, and just, I have all of this chaos and dysfunction in my heart. Like, it's tough for me to function now. You, you may very well be struggling with some serious issues. That you think in, in your mind, and Satan has even began to make you believe, that your life will just be dysfunction. Maybe because that's what was modeled to you. We learned last week and all oh, parents, I hope you felt the weight that, that what we what we do in our home will will be passed on to our kids. And, and, and maybe this is you this morning. Maybe your your parents or shall I say lack thereof modeled dysfunction for you. Maybe you're an alcoholic because your dad was an alcoholic. Uh, maybe you have anger issues because your mom was an angry person. Uh, maybe you are are in the middle of a divorce because all you saw was marital unfaithfulness, and and by nature you you want to lash out and you want to blame someone else for the situation that you're in. Do we not, church? You with me? Don't don't we want to play the victim card and say, well, that was somebody else's fault. The the mess that I'm in today. It's because of someone else, and it, it very well may have been someone else's sin that has caused a dysfunction in your life. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be on the, the screen, and, and I, want us to really, I want us to believe this, that your parents or someone else may have modeled the dysfunction, but you choose to cultivate it. This life is about what you do, In middle school, I had a middle school principal, she would get on the loudspeaker every morning and she would say, make it a great day or not, the choice is yours. I just love that. Like we would laugh every day. We'd be like, ah, she's got to quit saying that. But now that I'm 35, it makes total sense. You choose what happens in your life. It's not because of anyone else. Yeah, they may have harmed you. They may have hurt you. They may have caused chaos. But you're choosing to cultivate the dysfunction. It's your choice. It's your choice to play the victim. It's your choice to cultivate the dysfunction in your life. But church, I want you to hear me this morning. That Jesus, are you listening? Jesus broke. The cycle of sin. Jesus broke the cycle of dysfunction. It was nailed to Him on the cross. And He died for it. That in Him, the curse of sin is broken. Galatians chapter 3, 13 through 14. reads this. But Christ has rescued us From the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing promised to Abraham, so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. Did you catch what's happening right here? The curse of sin was broken and ended through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And what Paul is saying is, is that all the promises that were that were given to the Jews now are offered to you and I. They're, they're offered to us through Christ. Jesus, the curse of every sin. If you remember, we looked at the law, we looked at the 10, and there's really not a sin you can commit that doesn't fit into that box. He, He says, all of that is broken. All of that is torched and destroyed in Christ. So listen to me. If you are in dysfunction right now, if your life is chaotic, if it is a result of your sin, let's be honest, a lot of what's happening to us is because of what we've done. Or it's because of someone else. It does not have to be your future. It does not have to be your present. Jesus destroyed the curse. So in your situation, you may be thinking there's really no hope. Uh, I've messed up or somebody else sinned against me and my life is is chaotic. I want to plead with you this morning. There is hope. and We're going to get to it in just a moment. But you've got to ask yourself, do I really want to stay here? Am am I really a victim of what my parents have done? Or or, are my kids going to be punished for what's happened to me or what I've done? I want to encourage you through Ezekiel 18 verse 20. The person who sins is the one who will die. The child will not be punished for the parent's sins. And the parent will not be punished for the child's sins. Righteous people will be rewarded for their own righteous behavior. And the wicked people will be punished for their own wickedness. You're not a product of what went on before you. You're not receiving the punishment for someone else's sin. No no parent's sin. And there's some parents in the room. Let me speak to you real quickly. There's some parents in the room that your children may be grown. And they are not living a life that you would wish of them. You need to be released of your child's sin. You hearing me, mom and dad? Some of you walk in here and you can't lift your head up because you're so destroyed about the decisions that your kids are making. They are their own person. And they are choosing that life. You may feel some guilt and resentment about some raising, but listen to me. They are their own person, and they have to answer God for that. So lift your head up. We're we're, we're not punished for those that went before us, and we're not punished for those that go behind us. Like We all answer for what we do. That's the reason we have the choice, we do, to destroy the, the, the cycle of sin in your life. Jesus broke the curse. But what I want you to do this morning is ask yourself, if you're a note taker, I want you to write this down. If you're in chaos right now, I want you to ask yourself the question, do I want to be healed? Do I want to be healed? I want you to write that down. It's not going to be on the screen. I want you to ask yourself that. If you right now are one of the people in this room that are examining your life and you would categorize your life as dysfunctional and chaotic, you need to ask yourself, do I want to be healed? Do I want to be healed of the dysfunction? Do I want Jesus to come in and make it all right, John chapter 5, 5 through 9, incredible story. says one of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. That's a long time. When Jesus saw him, he knew he'd been ill for a long time. And he asked him, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up, they believed that this water could heal them. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Then Jesus told him, "Stand up, pick up your mat and walk." And instantly the man was healed. Why do we read this story? So often we get used to the dysfunction in our life, if you're a product of this chaotic life maybe your parents modeled dysfunction and that's really all you know the dysfunction the chaos the drama the cycle of sin for you is like a warm blanket that's all you know that's all you know is dysfunction that's all you know And and so in your mind, you think, well, yeah, I want to get healed, but I'm I'm not really going to ask for it. Or maybe I try to to enter into a relationship with Jesus, but I go right back into my old ways because that's my comfort zone. That's what I know. All I know is chaos. All I know is drama. All I know is dysfunction. All I know is the cycle of sin. And for 38 years, that's all this man knew. And then when Jesus said, do you want to be healed? All he had was excuses. Excuse after excuse after excuse. And Jesus says, if you want to be healed, just stand up. In the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus healed him. But the story doesn't end there. If you jump down about six or seven verses or so, he, he says, because you are healed, stop sinning. You, you see what Jesus does? He heals and then asks something of us. He, he heals and, and says, you've been made right, now stop the cycle of sin. Stop the cycle of dysfunction. Stop the cycle of chaos. You've been healed. So you got to ask yourself this morning, do you really want to be healed? Do you really want the situation that you're in to get better? Do you really want the chaos in your life to calm down? Do you really want dysfunction to stop? Do you really want the cycle of sin to come to an end with you? Ask yourself the question. Do I want to be healed? Or is chaos too much of a warm blanket for me? I know people... I've counseled people who love dysfunction. They love Jesus. They they want to get out of it. But man, dysfunction is too much of a friend. And they don't want to get out of it. But church, I want to pose a question to you this morning. Do you believe that God wants what's best for you? Are you processing that? Do you believe That God really wants what's best for you. You see, I believe He does. I believe that God has a life far beyond dysfunction, far beyond chaos, far beyond this generational sin that you might be caught up in. I think God has so much more for all of us. It's one of the promises in Scripture. Do you love the promises of God, church? Jeremiah 29. We're going to read 10 through 14 because there's a portion of this that maybe many of you know by heart, but you've forgotten the first part and the part that surrounds it on the end. It says, this is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years, but then I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised, and I will bring you home again. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. You ready for 13? We leave this one out. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. And I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you, and I will bring you home again to your own land. Now, in this moment, I'm not comparing us to the nation of Israel, okay? But I want you to understand is that Jesus knew, God knew their circumstance. God knows your circumstance. And for many of you, you may have been living in chaos for 5, 10 years, but it may seem like 70. And you're like, is this really all that's for me? Well, we can trust in the promises of God that He has a future for you. A bright future. A godly future. A future full of hope and peace. But there's some stipulations here, and we're going to work through it. So the first point that I want you to write down is that dysfunction doesn't have to be your future. You need to believe that this morning. If you're in that cycle, if you're in uh, that chaotic situation right now, you need to to believe that. There's some situations, I know a room this size, it's like throwing a dart at a giant dartboard. We're, we're We're going to hit some situation this morning. And it doesn't have to be your future the circumstance that you're living in does not have to define you God knows where you're at and God has a plan for your life That's not dysfunction you may believe that but it's not the truth how do we know that verse 11 church the one that you probably have on coffee mugs maybe written on your mirror Uh, Maybe it's in your car, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Good stuff, right? Good stuff. Can we just have real talk for a moment? Let's have real talk for a moment. You you need to believe that God is good. You you need to believe that, that God really does want what's best for you. Have you been in a situation in life where where Satan steps in and he begins to trick you? Maybe you've entered into one of the most challenging situations that you've ever been in in life. And, And you really want to see God. Like you really want to see His goodness. But all you're hearing is the lies of Satan. You been there? It's a tough place, isn't it? And so in these moments, we need to be reminded of Jeremiah 29, where where it it says, oh, listen, I I know where you've been. I I know you've been in a tough place. I know you've been in a tough place for a long time. But listen to the promise of the Lord. I've got got a future for you. I've got a good future for you. I've got better days ahead for you. I've got a plan for your life that will blow your mind. But where you at right now, you're in the dysfunction. You're in the chaos. You're in the heartache. You're in the sin. And it's tough for you to see. Real talk, right? It's tough for you to see. And in these moments in life when we can't see uh, maybe what tomorrow holds, we get a little depressed. We get a little anxious. We get a little scared. We get low. And we're like, Lord, this is all it's ever going to be for me. And we start to listen to the lies of the devil. But then we come across the promises of God. And it says, listen, I've got a future for your life that is bright, it's full of hope, and it's good. Remember, we asked the question, do you believe that God wants what's best for you? And we said, yes, I need you to believe it this morning, church. But absolutely, your your past may have been awful. You may have had parents that didn't parent. You may have had something modeled before you that was chaotic. You you may be living in addiction. You may be living in sin. You may be living in chaos and dysfunction. But I need you to ask the question, do you want to be healed? And then I need you to believe that God's got a future for you because I believe He does and I believe it's good. He's got a beautiful future for you. The next thing that I want you to write down is that we need to look to God instead of our past. We get this from verse 13. It's the one, it's the one that we leave out, isn't it? It says, whoever looks for me like wholeheartedly will find me. If you will look for me, wholeheartedly you will find me. You ever tried to find something and you couldn't find it? You know what I'm talking about? We had a meltdown last night at a family Halloween fall get-together. If you've got kids, uh, you, you ever try to impart some wisdom on your children and they just don't listen? And you're like, okay, well, you're not listening? Figure it out on your own. You ever done that, moms and dads? Well, in our little Halloween bucket, we get this little green monkey thing. And uh, they're like, I'm going to play with the monkey Right? I was like, you're going to lose it. Listen, it's like it's chaos. It's dysfunction. There's cousins everywhere. And and like you're outside like you love this little green monkey. But I'm just telling you right now, you go and you play with it. You're going to lose it. Church, do you know what happened? The little green monkey was lost. And then we stopped the family get-together to find the little green monkey. And in that moment, oh, the family rallied together and we searched wholeheartedly for the green monkey. I'm going to tell you, church, it was hidden really well. And, and, then, and then ultimate dad wisdom, after we had searched 15, 20 minutes for it, I said, hey, Did you go to the bathroom with the little green monkey? (laughs) I know where it's at! Took off. You know what I'm talking about, moms and dads. That story is all too real for you. How often, listen to me, how often do we search with everything we have for God? How often do we stop life, rally the troops, so to speak, and go after Him with our whole heart? In the middle of this promise, God says, I've got a future for you. It's not disastrous. It's not chaotic. Remember what they were coming out of. They were slaves. They were captives in your situation. You may feel like a slave and a captive to the dysfunction, to the sin, to the chaos, to the situation. But God says, that's not what I have for you. I've got a future that's bright and it's hopeful, but you got to look for me. I'm there. So this morning, church, listen to me. God's in the middle of your divorce. you believe that? God's in the middle of your parenting. But you're like, look, it, it didn't it didn't look like what you said because I mean, we're we're a blended family and there's all kinds of issues there. He's in the middle of it. Do you believe it? He's in the middle of your addiction. He's in the middle of your loss. He's there in your grief. He's there in your chaos. He's there in your loneliness. He's there in your depression. He's there. Are you looking for him? Are you looking for him with your whole heart? You see, his promise says, if you come after me, if you search for me, you're going to find me. I'm going to be right there with you. Does that fill you with hope, church? Does that fill you with hope that he's he's there? Oh, but let's, let's, let's understand something. It's going to be on the screen If you look at the problem, you will only ever see the problem. If you look at your chaos, if you look at your dysfunction, if you look at your situation, that's all you're ever going to see. Do you believe that truth? You're caught up in it, caught up in your sin, caught up in the chaos, caught up in the situation, and if that's all you're looking at, that's all you're ever going to see. He says, look for me, not your situation. Look for me in the middle of it. I'm there. Second Chronicles 34, 1-3. I love the Word of God. I know we're bouncing all over the place, but it's got good stuff for us this morning. Josiah was 8 years old. This will make sense in a moment. Was 8, year old, eight years old when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem for 31 years. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight and followed the example of his ancestor David. He did not turn away from doing what was right. During the eighth year of his reign, 16 years old, while he was still young, Josiah began to seek the God of his ancestor, David. Then in the twelfth year, he began to purify Judah and Jerusalem, destroying all the pagan shrines, the Asherah poles, and the carved idols and cast images. Why did I just read that to you? You're like, yeah, that does not make sense. Let me get some explanation. If you know the lineage of the kings, you know that this young man, this king, his dad was evil, horrible. His grandpa, rotten, awful, evil men. That's all he saw. That's all that was modeled for him. Was horrible kings that that served anything and everything other than God. That's what he saw. But what does Scripture say? As a young man, he did not model what went on before him. He chose To serve the Lord. He chose to do what was right, what Scripture says, in the sight of God. He chose that for his own life. He did not repeat the cycle of his dad and granddad. And here's the the terrible part of the story. His son and grandson, horrible kings. Horrible. Awful men too. So he's sandwiched in the middle. What was the difference for his life? He chose differently. He chose differently. Are you choosing differently? Or is your loyalty divided? Like I really want to do better? Like I I want this hope, I want this future that's found in Jesus. I want my chaos to be squashed. I want dysfunction to end. Are you choosing right? Are you looking to the Lord? Are you looking at your, your problem? That's your choice. This king made the right choice. Let's get some instruction from James real quick. Chapter 1, 5 through 8, he says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. That's a good thing. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. That sounds like a chaotic lie, doesn't it? Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world. and They are unstable in everything they do. Do you feel like your life is unstable in everything that you do? Where's your loyalty at? Is your heart torn? I like dysfunction. It's it's warm. It's like a blanket, but I really want this bright future that God has for me. You can't have both can't have both. Your, your, divoy, your loyalty can't be divided. you got to make up your mind. you got to be like this young king. I'm going to make a choice for my life to end dysfunction, to end the cycle of sin, to step into the peace that surpasses all understanding, to know Jesus, to have hope in Him. Now, I do not want to paint a picture, and we're going to end with this. I do not want to paint a picture for you that if you choose Jesus, if you step into His forgiveness and start living for Him and searching God with your whole heart, that your life is going to be free of pain, that your life is going to be free of chaos, that your life is going to be free of the turmoil of this world? Not at all. We live in a fallen world and bad things are going to happen. But in the middle of it all, listen to me. Oh, here's the hope. You you with me? Don't close in Bibles yet. You with me? In the middle of it all, check it out. In Christ, you can have peace in chaos. You can have peace in the dysfunction. You can have peace in the broken home situation. You can have peace in whatever circumstance that you find yourself in if you have Jesus. So let's go all the way back to the beginning when we were talking about Israel. Have you trusted in him? Do you know him? Have you placed your faith in Christ? What Paul says is the curse of sin was broken in Jesus. If you want the peace that he brings in whatever situation you're dealing with, you need him. You need to turn to him. And you need to place your faith in him. Let me pray for you. God, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the instruction that it brings. And God, I pray for those in this room this morning that may feel like all they know is dysfunction and chaos. God, we pray that you would bring peace to that situation in and through your son, Jesus. I pray that those in this room would choose to look after you with their whole heart. Because I believe what your word says, that if we look for you, we're going to find you. And you'll find us. So God, be in every situation that this church is facing, that the people of this church are facing. Be right in the middle of it. We love you and we thank you for Jesus. His precious name we pray. Amen.